Uh, it's called Unshakable Faith. Sounds like a good, uh, good topic to get into and look at, right, for, for January and for this next calendar year. And uh, certainly uh, it, it's been a time for us to uh, be looking at the importance of being unshakable. Uh, and certainly we don't know in the natural, you, you know, how things are going to unfold in front of us, but we do know that God wins. And we do know that because of that, God wants us to win. And so we're going to look over these next several weeks at just some of the, the big areas that we can encounter as people that become the things that could shake people up. We want to look at some of those areas that, that could shake people's faith. And then talk about what God says about the matter so that we can be unshakable in those areas. It's not an exhaustive list, but it's just kind of a handful of really important areas. And uh, we're just believing that in that just on the front end of this calendar year that we are going to just have the, the, the foundations get stronger, the roots go down deeper, and be for all glory to God to be more unshakable than we have ever been. Right? And, and individually, and, and don't look, but as you do that individually, that, it, that, that encourages, that breathes courage into all those around you, all those around me as we do life together and we watch people living unshakably for the Lord. Amen? So for this first uh, t topic, we're going to be talking about just some foundations of faith. So before we get to some specific areas that, that, you know, can try to shake our faith, we're going to talk specifically about foundations of faith. And so, so let's just begin by asking, so, so how important is faith anyway? You know, like in, in the overall picture of living as disciples of Christ, how important is faith? So we're going to look at some faith fundamentals before we do that. I want to just go through a handful of verses, and I just ask you that as we go through these, just be listening and, and ask yourself, so what is the Lord saying to me about faith in this verse that we're looking at? So, so let's start with Matthew 8 and verse 10. It says, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed, and he said to those following him, truly I tell you, I've not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Wow, first of all, how cool is it to, to be able to amaze Jesus, right? How many want to amaze Jesus? Like, yes, yeah, sign me up, right? Uh, and, and so here he talks about great faith. Matthew 8, 26, he replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and he rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. So interesting, we have great faith, we have little faith. Matthew 9, 2, some men brought to him, that's to Jesus, a paralyzed man lying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. So how cool is that? He didn't say to the man, because of your faith, he, he saw all of their faith, the, the fellows who brought the man, so their faith was able to get the job done in somebody else's life. Wow. Matthew 9, 29, then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, be it done unto you. Matthew 13, 58. And he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. That's a pretty sobering verse, huh? Not, not a whole lot got done, and here's what it was attributed to. Luke 18, 8. I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, this is talking about the return of the Lord back. 
when he comes, will he find faith on the earth? You know, will he find faith at all? That, that's, that's another real sobering statement there. John 14, 12, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Wow. Matthew 21, 22, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Let's look at one more and then we'll, we'll, we'll actually lay out some faith foundations. Mark 9, 24, immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe Help me overcome my unbelief. Come on, how many have ever found yourself there? Just kind of in that, in that mix, that battle between the two. I believe, but help me with my unbelief. So, so, hey, just looking at this handful of verses, we can agree. Faith is pretty important, right? As we look at walking with the Lord. So let's lay some foundations. Uh, so number one, the first foundation, let's understand what faith is. Let's ask the question, so what is faith? So if we were to just go to a, you know, just a regular dictionary, it would say something like this. Faith is complete trust or confidence in someone or something. If we go to our, our Bible study helps, our Bible tools, Nelson's Bible Dictionary defines faith as belief in or confident attitude toward God involving commitment to his will for one's life. So that's pretty cool. That's, that's talking about, you know, a confident attitude toward God and, and, and it's involving relating to our commitment to his will. But how many know the Bible actually gives us its definition, God's definition of faith? It says this in Hebrews 11 verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In the NIV, it says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. There's a translation called Moffat's translation. It says, now faith means that we are confident of what we hope for, convinced of what we do not see. I, I like this one. There's another translation. It words it this way. Faith is the warranty deed that the thing for which we have finally hoped is at last hours. So, so if we were to look at, you know, this portion of scripture, you know, in these different English translations where we're trying to get all the nuance of what God wants us to get, basically what we're seeing, faith is grasping the unreality that's in hope, right? What is hope? Hope is, it can happen. There, there, there's a, a very preferable future that very well might be. I'm hoping this will happen. So, so what we're seeing, faith and hope, they're not the same thing. Faith is grasping what's not yet real in hope. And it brings that into the realm of reality. But here's the thing, it's before we ever see it. Right? I, I mean, I'll talk about this a little more in a minute. Uh, we have all kinds of faith that we, that we have been walking in uh, since we opened our eyes this morning. Right? You, you just had probably just, a, just an unconscious faith that gravity was still working. Right? You didn't get up on your bed and I better grab on just in case there's no gravity today and I start floating. Right? You know, so there, there's this, you know, this whole picture of, of assumptions that we make, this confidence that we walk in. But biblically speaking here, it's taking what's, what's not yet real, what's hopeful, and brings it into reality. So hope and faith are different from each other. Too many times, though, if we stop at just hoping, we've not moved into this realm of faith that God wants us to walk in. 
Can you say amen? So, so hoping is good. If we don't start with hope, then, then, then we can't get to faith. But if we stop at hope, we haven't yet stepped into faith. So Mark eleven twenty four. therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. Believe that you have received them and you will have them. So again, hope is saying what you desire to happen is now in the realm of, it's in the now. It brings it into the now. So again, hope is necessary, but we have to move from hope to faith. So, all right, second foundation. So, So we looked a little bit at what faith is. Second foundation is that faith is necessary to please God. Now, how many know that God is a good God? How many know that God is a just God? So how many know if God says, you're not going to be pleasing unless I see you stirring up and walking in some faith. Our good, just God is going to make sure we have the capacity to walk in faith, right? So, so this, is, this is a pretty, um, pretty cut and dry statement, right? Uh, let's look at it in, in, again in Hebrews chapter 11, same chapter, verse 6. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So let's just be careful here. What are we saying? What are we not saying? So God loves us and his love for us is not based on our performance, right? While we were yet sinners, while we were still enemies of God, Christ died for us. God loves us, right? God so loved the whole world that he gave his one and only son. So, so our performance doesn't dictate whether or not God extends love toward us. Thank God for that, right? That delivers us from the performance trap. The way I live my life isn't about performing to earn his love. Uh, now, with that understanding, with that foundation, come on, how many have people that you love, but sometimes you're not pleased with them, right? Maybe it's a child, maybe it's a, a relative, maybe it's a, you know, a boss, a friend, whatever. You say, I love them, but I'm not very pleased with, with how you're acting now. That, that's the kind of context we're in. God, God could love us, but if we're not walking in faith, we're not walking in a way that, that's bringing pleasure to him, that's pleasing him. So that's, that, that's important for us to recognize. And, and that's why I asked on the front end, hey, if he's a good God, if he's faithful, if he's just, then he's not saying, hey, this is going to please me and it's important possible to please me. God is going to show, and we're going to unpack it. He shows us very much how to walk in a way and live in a way that, that pleases him. Amen. All right. Uh, foundation number three, it's faith that moves the hand of God in our lives. And it's faith that releases his power and promises. What am I saying here? It's not need that moves God's hand in our lives. Amen. Come on, think about that for a second. It's not need that moves God's hand in the earth. You say, what do you mean by that? But I thought we just said God loves me. God does love us. But God has showed us how his hand is going to move in our lives. And he said it's going to move by faith. Right? I I mean, so much so that that, we're told, put it this way, God was moved by need. That's why Jesus came. 
As we celebrate communion this morning, he died on the cross to bear our sin, to bear all that had us distanced from God, all that had us in a place of brokenness. Jesus bore that on the cross. He died and he rose from the dead so that we could walk in his resurrection power in life. So God was moved by need. That's why he said to to, to the disciples, and that was the mandate for every one of us through, through the generations until Jesus comes back again, go preach the gospel to every creature. You know, the earth groans, right? It tells us in scripture, let the whole earth proclaim it, that Jesus has died and Jesus has rose from the dead and the price has been paid. And we now bring and advance the kingdom of God because God lives inside of us. Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done in us, Lord, as we walk. Amen. And, and through us. So when we recognize, because let, let's face it, we live in our human interactions. We live where when there's need and those around us see it, maybe they'll just kind of move by the need, right? They'll just see a need and, the, hey, I saw that there's a need there. But, but that's not how it works. God moves by faith. You know, Mark 11, 23 and 24, you know, you know the context here, Jesus is with the, the disciples and Jesus curses the fig tree. And the fig, the fig tree withers up and dies. And, you know, the disciples, you know, they comment like, Lord, this, this fig tree you spoke to, you cursed it. Look, it's withered up. And it's amazing what Jesus says here. He doesn't say, yep, you can curse a fig tree too. No. He says, you know what? He said, if you speak to the mountain and you tell it to be removed and thrown into the sea and not doubt in your heart, but believe that what you're saying is coming to pass, you will have what you pray. So think about it, right? When we say, but there's a need, but there's a need, but there's a need. God has said to us who, who literally carry his presence on the inside, you go in the name of Jesus and you can speak to the mountain, but not because it's a mountain of need, it's because you speak in faith then the mountain has to be thrown into the sea, right? Scripture tells us all things are possible to him who believes. John Wesley worded it this way, God does nothing on earth save an answer to believing prayer. Now now notice, not just prayer, right? Because vain repetitions and, and lots of moving of the mouth isn't what gets it done. Right? There's prayer that is wah, 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 You know, the Charlie Brown teacher, that's not, not prayer that's being prayed in faith, that's prayed believing, that that doesn't affect anything. But when we pray in faith, we're, we're operating how God wants things to be done on the earth. God is all-powerful. God is all-knowing. God is, God is uh, everywhere present. He is almighty God, but he has chosen to work on the earth through the believing prayers and actions, declarations of his people. He's sovereign and he will do sovereign things. So, so that, that's, that's part of the picture, but the, the main driving forward of the plan of God is through his people right? When we pray, God, may your kingdom come and your will be done. As we pray that, we should also be recognizing we are enlisting in the Lord's army and saying, and Lord, do that through me too, right? It's, it's not, Lord, let your kingdom come and I'll just kind of sit back and watch it happen and be real excited about it. It's no, as I go, your kingdom will come through me as well. Next faith foundation. Faith is not simply mental assent. It's not just a mental nod to God's promises or who God says he is. 
right? Think about it. Every one of us, saved and unsaved, has natural human faith. I talked about that a little earlier. I, I, I was pretty confident this chair was not going to collapse underneath me. You know, that gravity, you know, the laws of nature were, were still working. Um, so, so we all have, you, you know, natural human faith. But the scriptures that we're talking about, they're speaking of a supernatural faith that believes with the heart, not the head. By the way, when that, that, that fella said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief, he's talking about that wrestling between that heart belief and, and, and that, that head faith. And again, back to John Wesley, he had said, the devil has given the church a substitute for faith, one that looks and sounds so much like faith that too few can tell the difference. And he called it mental assent, agreeing only with the mind. But again, Bible faith is bringing the heart, engaging the heart, the spirit man, right? So how can we tell the difference? Head faith is going to say, God's word says, but dot, 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 whatever, whatever we want to follow that up with. You know, God's word says, but have you taken a look around? You know, God's word says, but then there's 2020, Right? Heart faith says, God's word says, period. God's word says, that's it. We, we can see each of these kind of faith in the word of God. We can see Thomas and Abraham. Thomas, right after Jesus rose from the dead and he had appeared to some of the, the disciples, the followers, and Thomas wasn't there when they saw him. And, and Thomas's response was, you know what, unless I can put my hand up in his side, unless I can actually touch those scars in his hands, that's when I'll believe. That's okay, you've said this, you're given testimony, but that, that sounds pretty incredible that he rose from the dead. You, you know, you're giving this testimony, disciples, but I saw him nailed to that tree and I saw him go into the grave, right? Natural human faith. I need a little more in the natural to buy in, to convince my brain. Now, let me just pause here. Christianity is rational. You don't have to throw your brain out to be a Christian, right? It's rational. In fact, when you look at and analyze all the worldviews, guess what? It takes more faith to believe any other worldview out there than it does to walk the, the, the Christian faith, to walk out the gospel. But with that being said, as we walk the faith journey with the Lord, there are going to be many times where we got to put the brain aside and say, well, you want to know what? God is saying something different. So you know what? Natural circumstances, you're going to get behind and I'm going to go with what God says. Amen? That's when we're stepping from Thomas faith, you know, unless I touch, taste, feel into, no, God said it. I believe it. We're walking it out. It's true. Now, and, and now that's Abraham. And, and let's look at this in Romans chapter 4. It says, as it is written... This is God speaking to Abraham. I have made you. So notice, as it is written, God's promise to Abraham, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed. The God who gives life to the dead, listen, and calls things that be not as though they were. That's the faith walk. Because God is saying, you want to know what? If, if what you see is different than my promise, then, then what God calls will change whatever's happening in the natural to line up with what God says. Amen. Amen. But he won't do that because there's need. He won't do that because we're squirming. He'll do that because we believe. That's the trigger. That's the key. So let, let's go on here. 
Uh, I guess we'll go back to 18. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. You know how we said there's got to be hope first? Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be without weakening his faith. So by the way, we've said there could be strong faith, weakened faith, weakening faith. He faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Verse 20, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and he gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that... God had the power to do what he had promised. Against all hope. Come on, church. Is there anybody here this morning? Everything in the natural is against all hope? You're in good company with Abraham. You could just say, against all hope, I'll hope in the Lord. And beyond that, I will be fully persuaded that who God said he is, who he said he is in my life, is who he said he is. And whatever I see around me, it's going to have to change and bow to who he is. Walking that out by faith and not by sight. Amen. Faith foundation number five. So in light of all this we're talking about, so faith is a fight. (laughs) It's a fight, isn't it? Come on, wave at me if you've been fighting the fight of faith. I I didn't give this verse to the... the, Wonderful folks in the booth, but uh, it's 1 Timothy 6.12 is important because the word tells us faith is a fight. But guess what? It says it's a good fight. It's a good fight. Fighting isn't a good thing, right? Fighting other people, you know, all all the other nonsense that people get get into online, all this stuff. But there's a good fight, the good fight of faith. And it says this, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So, so, so the, the faith, the Christian faith is called the great confession. And we're going to talk more about the importance of, of walking in faith having to do with what comes out of our mouth. But what I want to just drive home here is we need to realize faith is a fight. And, and we've already discussed why that is. We got to get out of mental ascent. We got we to look those circumstances in the, in, in the face and say, I'm not moved by you. I'm moved by what God says. We have to take the, the busyness and the distraction in life and say, I'm going to push that aside so I can be a, a person of God's word, so I can know who he is, so that I can feed my faith. All right, uh, faith foundation number six, doubt and unbelief are enemies of faith. And and again, back to Hebrews 3, 19, we had said this earlier, uh, they could do, uh, I'm sorry, we didn't say this one earlier. We see they could not enter because of unbelief. They could not enter in because of unbelief. This is speaking about the children of Israel going into the promised land. And again, you know, we understand the picture. God had said, I'm going to take you into this land flowing with milk and honey. God gave the promise. God said, nobody's going to be able to stand up against you. It's my land, and it's my land that I'm giving to you because you're my people. You just believe me. And when the spies went in and they saw the obstacles, the walled cities, the giants, all of that stuff, they were moved by doubt and unbelief and moved them out of faith. Joshua and Caleb said, all that stuff doesn't matter because God gave a promise. And God, he was, those two guys were fully persuaded that God was able to do what he said he would do. But because the majority of people bought into the scary stuff, eyes off of God, doubt and unbelief, they didn't wind up going into the good promise that God had for them. You know, it, it was said in, in uh, the Gospels, Jesus could do no great work 
one place where he was. He could do no great work there. It said he, he healed just a few sick folks. And it tells why. Because of their unbelief. So again, we're seeing a picture. This is almighty God, all-powerful God. And, and God is saying, I want to move, but the way I move is when you grab a hold of me by faith, by believing, by being fully persuaded that I am who I said I am and that my promises are yes and amen. Next foundation, number seven, faith grows. So let's talk about this. We talked about weak faith, strong faith, weakening faith, strengthened faith, all of that. How do we grow faith? How do we, how do we in 2021 get in the Lord's gym and get faith muscles going, huh? Right? Well, again, God's so faithful in his word. He said, and I'm going to tell you exactly how to build and grow faith in your life. And it says, um, so faith grows from hearing the word of God. This is foundation number seven, Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And by the way, the idea there isn't hearing once. It's, it's the idea of continually hearing and feeding on the word of God. So, right, head faith versus heart faith. We, we have to have this understanding. Man, if I'm feeding on my social media and I'm feeding on the news and I'm feeding on the, the fears and the doubts and the anxieties of all the circles of people that I my interact with and, and, and my music and, and my, my television and my movies and all these different things, what I'm reading, if all of that that I'm, that, that I'm filling my heart with, going into my eye gate, the gate into my heart, my spirit man, my ear gate into my spirit, man. Then we got to watch what comes out of our mouth because, wow, it's us speaking out of our own heart, right? And then those words go out and we, we literally hear in our ears what we just spoke out of our mouth, right? We got all of this stuff. How important is it for us? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So church, we're not talking about psychology. We're not talking about self-help. The word of God is alive. It's absolutely alive. Quick, powerful. Amen? There's nothing else like it. You know, we can walk into a bookstore. We can, you, you know, and, and, and there's certain things benefit of training yourself to not say the wrong thing, you know, training yourself to be positive and things like that. But we're not talking about positive self-help. We're talking about when I choose to feed on the living word of God. Now that word comes in and it does something supernatural. So church, when somebody says weak faith, strong faith, that's not like a jab at you personally. Like, hey, what's wrong with you? That's not something for me to say. Oh, if I was to realize my faith is weak, that, that's not a, a personality problem. That's not, a, that, that's not anything other than I got to get to the Lord's gym and I got to start feeding on the living word of God. You know, so some of us might be saying, all right, well, I do that, but you know what? I'm still getting pounded. Well, let me tell you, if I was, if I was spending six days a week eating Twinkies, Yodels, and Ding Dongs, chasing that down with, you know, liters and liters of Mountain Dew, but then on the, on the seventh day, I had one little broccoli floret. Is, is that going to weigh against all the garbage I was filling myself with during that time? You know, what I'm saying, is, and you want to know what? There are some times, why do we fast? Why do we pray? Why do we set apart Sabbath? Why do we get times to steal away? Because there are times where we need to fill the tank up more. There are times where the pressure and the warfare is just heavier. And, and we need to discern and realize, man, I got to get alone with the Lord. I got to so fill up. And what are we doing at that point? We're fighting that good fight of faith. 
You know, if what you're doing now is not enough, then cut more of what, whatever else is feeding your eyes and ears and get more of the word. You know, and then we can worship, we can sing it, we can declare it, we can pray it. You know, we can read it. Listen, you know, there's so many things we can do there. But, but the big thing we want to recognize here is faith comes by hearing the word of God. And, and, and when we hear the word of God, we get to know God's heart on a matter. How can I know if my finances are a train wreck? How, do I, how can I know that God wants me to come out of that and to be whole financially? Because he said, I'm the, guy that, the, the God that supplies all of your needs according to my riches and glory. So that I, am, I, am the, I am your provider. I am more than enough, right? So we understand in that area. If we're dealing with angst and lack of peace and anxiety and all these different things, when, when the matter is settled that Jesus not only says, I give you peace, I am the prince of peace. Now we can grab a hold of that. We've got God's heart. Now we've got the living word that we can grab a hold to and be fully persuaded that what he said he is able to perform, Right? Yeah, but, but man, it's, uh, I, everything I feel on the inside is opposite. That's when we say, I'm going to be fully persuaded uh, beyond hope. I'm going to look beyond the, the, the hopelessness I might think I'm seeing around me. And I will hope in him and translate that hope into belief and take him at his word. Last part, and once you get your communion ready, we're going we're gonna to get ready to wrap up here now. Uh, last point, this is number eight, uh, faith foundation. Faith is released through our declaration and through our corresponding action. Faith is released through what we confess and through our corresponding action. So there's so much I wanted to say in this. I might do it as a whole separate message sometime. But let's go to James chapter 2. And, and actually, uh, Barry, I'm gonna Barry in the booth, I'm going to skip to verse 17 again. It says, In the same way... Faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. In other words, it's dormant. You know, I had some work done on my house where somebody was working on the electrical. You know, and the first thing he checked that there was no live wire going to the electricity. You can turn the breaker off and turn the breaker on. Turning the breaker on, bringing the power, glory, uh, yoke-destroying anointing of God, seeing that released in our life, through our life, is when we take what's, what's belief and see it worked out through what we declare and through our corresponding action. It says it this way in the Amplified, that same verse. So also faith, if it does not have works, that is deeds and actions of obedience to back it up, by itself it's destitute of power or inoperative or dead. We see this principle all over the word of God. Everybody still tracking with me so far? The woman with the issue of blood. Jesus is being surrounded by just a, just a huge crowd of people pressing in on him. He's not laying hands. He's not in the middle of operating that way. He's just walking. And all of a sudden he stops and he says, who touched me? You know, and the disciples are like, really? Who touched you? Like everybody. And he said, no, 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 no. There's somebody who touched me with faith. And when we, when we see the story, it, it, the story tells us, she said, it says, for she said, if I could just get in there and touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. 
she was fully persuaded he was able to do and that if she could just grab a hold of the anointed one, that 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 would be enough. And she was whole. How about David and Goliath, right? Pastor Walt talked on being uh, slaying giants in in, in 2021. You know, David looked at him and uh, looked at that giant and said, I'm taking your head off your shoulders today, feeding your body to the birds. And he didn't do that because he was an arrogant young man. He did that because he served his covenant God. And he knew Goliath was doomed because he was standing against God's covenant people. He was fully persuaded that God was who he said he was. Therefore, he was able to speak to the giant. But notice his faith was met with, I got a sling in my hand with a stone in it. I'm charging at the giant and the words coming out of my mouth, giant, you're going down because of who God is. So, and there's other places in the, in the word where, where we see this uh, and we understand. So we believe, we grab a hold by faith, and then we speak it out, we walk it out, and as we're doing that, we are, we are strengthening our faith. So I just want to encourage us here today, the front end of this year, we're going to get ready to close this service now in just a moment. You know, we take this communion. Uh, Jesus said for us to do this in remembrance of him as often as we do it. Remember what he did on the cross. Remember what it means for us. It's meant to be a time of... of, of uh, fellowship with the Lord as well as with each other. It's also a time of remembering, not only uh, remembering those benefits and those great covenant blessings, but to work out our salvation. You know, Lord, how am I living? How's it going? Speak to me. Let, let's, Lord, I want to interact with you. I'm sitting down having this meal with you, remembering your great sacrifice, reverencing you, loving you, and, and, and having my ears open uh, for you to speak to me. How am I doing? Where are we going? So for us getting ready to take this communion now, it, it's a place to dedicate ourselves. And, and I'd like to make that our, uh, our challenge here going into 2021 that like never before, like never before, we would say, I'm going to fight that good fight of faith. I wonder, is there anybody who maybe put your shield down? Maybe you're watching online and you say, yeah, I've been living, uh, my shield's not not been on my person. (laughs) I leave my shield at church every Sunday when I come and go. Is there anybody who's saying, I haven't picked up my sword in a while, sword of the spirit, which is the word of God and that shield of faith, and then whatever comes in the natural that stands against who God said he is, then, then, then we use those things to fight that good fight of faith so that all that God desires in you, all that God desires through you comes to pass for 2021. Church, then it doesn't matter what's coming down the road. You know, we want to live wise. We want to be good stewards. We want to have discernment. We want to understand the times, but we'll live with unshakable faith because it's not based on what's going on. It's based on I'm fighting that good fight of faith and my eyes are on him and he is faithful. He will be everything he said he is. So I'd like to ask this as we get ready to close. If just in any way, if you came in and you're like, brother, I'm doing this. I'm walking this out. This is good. I'm right where I need to be. Then, then, then no need. But as, as a declaration, if you'd say 2021, I'm grabbing my shield I'm grabbing my sword, I'm putting this armor of God on, and I will fight the good fight of faith through this next year with a greater intentionality than I brought into this year. Then I want you to stand up with me and let's make it our declaration as we get ready to take communion, just to say, Lord, this is me.
and I'm ready to say, I'm setting my eyes on you. Maybe some of what we said here spoke to you on, all right, so I'm not feeding on that living word and I need to make the word of God have a whole new place in my life. Or uh, I've just been doing way too much mental ascent. I've been hoping, but man, I'm gonna do this fight of faith and I'm gonna step into believing him. I tell you what, it's gonna be game changer. It's game changer for us individually. And then as we come together as a church family, man is a game changer. Can you say amen? amen? Praise God. So Father, as we prepare to take communion, we're so grateful for your love for us. We're so grateful for all that you have in store in this next year. Your body was broken, Jesus. Your blood was shed so that we could be right with you, so that our sins could be forgiven, so that we could be made whole. It's in that that we make a declaration. It's in that where we dedicate ourselves to you to be people that will pursue you and that we will be people who step into faith, that we will grow faith because we will get into your word. And Lord, you said faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing the word. So we're yours. We, we dedicate ourselves to you. Father, we, we say humbly, we say reverently, whatever comes down the road, our eyes are on you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's partake. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So, Father, as we wrap up this time here together, thank you for hearing us. Thank you for working in our lives. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would give us fresh ears to hear and fresh eyes to see that as we leave this place, as we take inventory going into this next year, Lord, that we would live our lives in a way to make room for you so that faith will be strong, so that you will be glorified. Jesus be Lord in all of it. Amen.